Hello and welcome to Women in Customer Success podcast, the first women-only podcast where remarkable ladies of customer success share their stories and practical tools to help you succeed and make an impact. I am Maria Skobe-Pilay, your host. Today, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Shirley Chapman, Senior Director of Customer Success at Pluralsight. She started her career as a teacher and today teaching and coaching is at the very core of who she is. As previously with students, Shirley is now focusing on helping customers be the best they can be. We spoke about diverse backgrounds for customer success, listening to your customers, the power of mentoring and the art of receiving and asking for feedback. One of my favorite learnings is Shirley's reference to her teaching strategies. As a teacher, you need to know where you push people a little bit out of their comfort zone, where you might challenge them along, and sometimes where you have to back off. And I think it's the same with customers. So let's get into it. Today, I'm talking with Shirley Chapman. Shirley, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. I know that you will be telling me a lot about yourself. So why wouldn't we kick it off with you telling me about your journey to customer success? Okay. And thanks for asking me to do this. It's a real pleasure. So yeah, my current role is Senior Director of Customer Success for Pluralsight. I have responsibility for all of our customer segments across Europe. I joined Pluralsight nearly five years ago as a CSM. We were just a baby CSM organization then, and we have really grown, particularly in the last 18 months to two years. So we now have, I think my team, we're just a little bit under 20, 20 people, some people in our new headquarters in Dublin and some people working remotely. And in terms of my my journey, well, (laughs) my age means that it's been a long journey. It's taken me many, many years to get to where I am. But I started that journey as a a teacher of economics and business in Scotland in the 1980s. But I quickly moved into software as a trainer and then into a leadership role at Oracle. In the middle of all of that, I had children. I had a very serious illness. We moved to France. And so my my journey kind of diverted a little bit. (laughs) But in short, I found myself working as a CSM for a SaaS company whilst we were still living in France. And that really just brought all of my experience together, my teaching experience, my leadership experience, my technology experience. And then I moved to Pluralsight, as I say, nearly five years ago. That's how I got to where I am in a a nutshell. Amazing. It it sounds so quick, like it happened. Very, very quickly. (laughs) Many, many years, many, many years. (laughs) You started as a teacher and then you moved into more technology-related roles. Talking about customer success and different backgrounds, it is, I believe, an amazing industry because everybody is almost invited to be customer success manager. It's not that you are going to school now and you end up being a customer success manager. All the different backgrounds are really good and everyone are bringing just unique perspectives into the field. How do you feel that teaching background prepared you for a role in customer success? It's a really good question. And I think 
I think it's all of my background that has kind of led me to customer success. But I do think teaching gave me something a little bit different. So, you know, teachers obviously are very focused on helping individuals be the best that they can be. I'm not sure that my kids agree that all of their teachers had that in mind, but it's certainly what what drew me to teaching is, and, and that's really my passion, is helping people, whoever it might be, whether it's children or whether it's a customer or whether it's my team, helping people really be the best that they can be. But I also think in a strange way, you know, it's that focus on kind of outcomes. It's, you know, taking somebody from where they are now and helping them achieve their outcomes and for children it might be helping them get to university or just helping them really have a better understanding of the world that they're in obviously for customers we're focused on on their business objectives and I just I think there is a really strong correlation there between the way my interest and my my sense of being and as a teacher and as a customer success manager and as a leader in customer success if that makes sense absolutely And thank you very much for bringing that one up, especially outcomes with customers. Mm -hmm. It is one of the main elements that customer success managers are working on a day-to-day basis. So I wonder, how do you really bring the outcomes from your customers? I actually think the biggest part of that is listening. It's listening to what they say, what is keeping them up at night, you know, what they're trying to achieve personally, as well as business-wise. Sometimes those don't always align, I think, with customers. Mm -hmm. And I think being aware of both, you know, what the person that you're talking to is trying to achieve personally and also the organization and what they're trying to achieve and try to bring those two together is really, really important. I think sometimes where we struggle is where we are very focused on just helping the business and the person feels that actually they they are not comfortable with, uh, with that. You really have to do both. So I think listening is a big piece, but also I think being consultative and bringing something to them that maybe they didn't know or they weren't aware of or a different way of thinking. But, you know, just again, doing your research, being prepared, bringing something different to the table with the customer where you kind of slightly challenging them, I think is important. And I think just to come back to my teaching piece, I think that's that's really where that comes in as well. Because as a teacher, you need to know where that you where you push people a little bit, push them a little bit out of their comfort zone, where you might just cajole them along a little bit, and sometimes where you have to back off. And I think it's the same with customers as well. It's knowing when's the right time to push them along a little bit, maybe challenge them a little bit, and also, for example, in the current climate, also knowing when you need to back off a little bit as well and give them a bit of space. So, yeah, I think that would be my my approach. What is the feedback that you're getting from customers to understand that point where you should just back off or not push anymore? Their messaging, I think it can be different and sometimes it's not very obvious, but I think if in a, a call, for example, they stop speaking, they don't want to open up, they perhaps don't want to share some information, or perhaps they just are very blunt and say, we're not ready for this yet. I think you just have to listen to that. I'm sure uh, many other organizations have what we have in terms of talking about maturity. You know, where, where is the customer in terms of their maturity? In our particular world, it may be, for example, that they're, they're just not ready to to move towards a more sort of online way of of learning 
the current situation again is is forcing that in many cases. But again, I think it's just that he, like, trying to hear, trying to listen out for key messages that they you're maybe just pushing them a little bit a little bit too hard. I don't think there's any magic any magic words that come out that they say that would make you think, ah, I've pushed the boundary too far now. And I think, again, that's just like, that's the human piece of being the CSM, you know, really being aware. I think what does help at Pluralsight, we have a set of key values, and one of them is to seek context with intention. So we do that with each other internally, but I think with our customers, that's really, really important. So we are constantly thinking about what is their context? What is the world that they're in right now? Again, as an individual and as a company, and just listening out for clues helps you get that context. Great. This is a really good tip. Listening what, what customers are saying and what they are not saying. Not saying, and, yeah. And knowing when to, when to just stop. Yeah. As you mentioned your teaching background, but you said that customer success managers should, all, should also have a consultative approach mm. in your team. Can you then see that consultants are good candidates for a customer success role? Whom do you recruit? Yeah, so we have, and I'm very proud to say this, we have a real mix of people. So we do have people who've come from some of the big consultancy businesses, and I love their way of thinking, their approach, the methodology that they bring to the role. I also have people who've come from sales backgrounds, so have been account managers again in some pretty big organizations. And I have people who've come from just really diverse backgrounds. They've been CSMs in previous organizations. Perhaps they've worked uh, for a customer. So I have a couple of people who actually worked with within customers and who really wanted to be part of what Pluralsight does. I think that's a, a good indication as well. So I think it's good to have a mixture of people. I think if you have too many people who have all come from the same type of background that stifles the innovation and it's you know we're talking about diversity it's the diversity of thought is as important and I think you can only do that by bringing people in from different backgrounds and having different strengths and weaknesses and opportunities for growth there as well so yeah I do I do really appreciate the people that we have from a consulting background but I also appreciate everybody who doesn't. That is great to hear, really. It's almost as giving permission to young people out there mm -hmm. from diverse backgrounds to enter the industry because we do need them all. <laughs> we need all the different backgrounds and different perspectives. You started in Plural Site five years ago. So you mm. started as a customer success manager, progressed to be a director and then the senior director of mm -hmm. customer success management. How do you go about your opportunities within an organization? What were any key learnings, any initiatives you were taking to bring you where you are today? Can you tell us more about that? A lot of this, several different things there. We were a very small company then. Didn't really have a very structured sort of career development when I first joined. That has evolved as we've got bigger and, and more mature. We have an excellent people and places team. So I now have a structured career development approach. We have career ladders that we created. So people can see not just your own career path, but career path in other parts of the organization. And you can see how yours relates to those others. So you might want to move you might want to move sideways into a completely different role, but with similar types of skills required. 
I didn't have that. <laughs> I basically, because I had leadership skills in the past and the opportunity came up, I applied for that. But what I have had and the amazing opportunity to be part of a leadership program that's actually run by our chief people officer and CEO, Aaron Sponard as well. So they, they created this and they actually run it themselves. So I feel like hugely honored <laughs> to be learning from people at that level in the organization who are personally invested in the program. And it's not that the program is, is finished for us now, but it was really step by step taking us through various kind of approaches to, to leadership, but learning from their positive experiences, but also from perhaps where they had made mistakes and learned as well. So that's probably the, the key thing that I've had. But I'm also part of a mentorship scheme here at Pluralsight. It was actually driven through an initiative called Women at Pluralsight, but it's not exclusively for women. So we have a mentorship. I am a mentor. I have mentees internally as well. And again, because it's through the Women at Pluralsight, men can be mentees and they can be mentors, but they can't be joined together. So we can't have a man who's you know, mentoring a male mentee or, or vice versa. So it's, it's interesting, that approach. I think we will continue with that. And that was really because very consciously we didn't want to exclude men from the program, but really the driver was so that women felt that they could progress within the organization and, and have access to senior leaders, both men and women. So really good role models. That's absolutely amazing initiative. So how can a mentor help you progress your career? I think in some ways it's about confidence. You know, I think you get the feedback. You can have such an open conversation without any of maybe the day-to-day -day sort of politics <laughs> that you can face in, in different organizations. I think being exposed to different parts of the business really helps as well. So, you know, mentor could be within the same organization, but it more generally is outside your direct organization. And I think just hearing the challenges or bouncing ideas off about where there could be some sort of symmetry, it really kind of helps break down some of the silos as well, I think, across the organizations. But I, I do think the biggest thing is confidence. You know, being able to speak to a leader helps you become even more of a leader. If you hear the types of things that they're talking about, it does help you as well start to maybe think about and work in a way that is more sort of leadership focused. So yeah, I think it helps enormously. And I know that our program is hugely popular with both men and women. Okay, so it is accessible to everyone. Is it yeah. everyone can just apply and pick a mentor? The process is, is quite simple. So as I said, it, it was generated from the Women at Plural Sites programs. We have a Slack channel, you know, one of many, many Slack channels. We have a Slack channel. All you have to do is join the Slack channel. Again, it's open to absolutely everybody. And then twice a year, we open up the, the process. So essentially, you can put your preferences of who you would like to have. So everyone who wants to be a mentor puts their hand up. People who want to be a mentee put their hands up. It's a bit like, I suppose, some sort of dating system. I don't know how they do it on the background. But essentially, what you can say is, I would like to have this person. And we, we do it because obviously everybody would love to be with all of the executives. You know, that feels a bit like winning the lottery when you get an executive. So we can choose, but you can only choose one. And you're not guaranteed getting that person. So then the, there's some magic goes on behind the scenes that I don't have access to. And then... It is uh, the, the mentors and mentees are assigned. So it's pretty, I'm saying it's pretty straightforward. It's straightforward 
being part of the system, I'm sure it's not straightforward actually trying to match people up. But because we change every six months, it gives everybody an opportunity to get access to, to people at different levels in the company, which is great. Sure. And you are a mentor. What do you as a mentor gain from your mentorship relationship? What are the outcomes for your career? Because you're basically helping out someone else. Yeah, I, I get a huge amount. I love, I love doing it. Again, I think it's about expanding my experience. You know, I learn from the people who I'm mentoring. I love hearing what's in their day and maybe where I can help. I can help them. And again, that comes maybe from my teaching background. You know, as I'd say my, at my heart, if anybody asked me what I was, I'd say I am a coach and a teacher. That's, you know, if I was a, a stick of rock and you cut me open, that would be what you'd see in the middle. So I personally enjoy it but I learn a huge amount from people as well and and just different ways of thinking you know I think we all tend to kind of fall into what we know and what our experience is but that may not be the experience of somebody else in the company and they can see they see things differently so that helps open up my eyes and expand my experience as well so I very much enjoy it. Well, thank you very much for that. I wanted to go back and deep even deeper into your career progression in plural side. So you mentioned that the leadership program with CEO really helped yeah. a lot together with mentorship program. Now I wonder, as you're in your role, how do you prepare yourself for the next role? I would say working hard is, is really the, the obvious one, but what else do you do? How to, how to gain the visibility that you need from others to have someone to sponsor you or someone knowing what you can do to put your name forward for the next role? I really wonder what is the mm -hmm. tips that you would give to someone who are aspiring leaders today? So I think there's, there's internal and external pieces to that question. I think externally, you know, being involved in the success network in some way, and I don't mean a specific network, there are several out there, but just being part of that is really, really important. So I think, again, going along to, for example, success cafes or any presentation meetups and so on, is, it's really important because that, again, exposes you to what is going on out there in other companies, but it's also really validating. Like I always come back from those going, okay, we're doing similar things to what everybody is. They're facing similar challenges to what we are facing. So it kind of validates your own thoughts but it also gives you new ones as well and, and new ways of thinking. So I think definitely get out there. I do follow quite a lot of, you know, success leaders and so on on, on LinkedIn. I think that's important. I do have a number of books. I'm looking down there because they're piled up. So just, again, what's the current thinking in success helps you as well. Internally, I think it's really important to be asking for feedback and we as again as a company it's one of our values that we are feedback driven so ask proactively asking for feedback and taking that on board is important understanding maybe where your gaps are is important and part of that is we have performance agreements again a lot of companies do that but that's something that we do twice a year is agree with our leaders what really are we focusing on in terms of results but also in terms of growth and in leadership so we've actually just completed this year's so I've agreed with my leader these are the things that I want to to work on to improve but I think again just cross-functionally asking for that feedback is really really important because I think that's where you get sponsorship as you move up through the organization it's not just your direct leader you need to have visibility 
in different parts of the business as well. And that again, you know, mentoring comes into that, working with, for example, the sales team, working with the product team, and just continually not always saying to be people like, how am I doing? How am I doing? <laughs> but, you know, if you feel that there's something is like, well, is the type of information you're looking for? Could I have done that better? How can I support you uh, more effectively? Again, just proactively asking for that is important to prepare yourself for the next step. That's really valuable thing what you can do. And especially when customer success managers are touching so many different levels of the organization, mm. it is great when you have the opportunity to work with others and get the feedback from them. Mm. I would like us to jump into diversity in customer mm -hmm. success. That has been a really hot topic recently. Yep. Uh, so you are aware of the report that was presented by Suna Bitmore at Gainsight mm. Conference. For the listeners, it was a report of European countries, of co state of customer success mm. in Europe. And there was a graph saying that the number of females in individual contributor roles was higher than the number of men so it was 60 mm. versus 40 percent moving forward there is a gender parity on a managerial level 50 50 and then mm. resulting in a staggering 23 percent of women versus 77 percent of men in further up leadership roles what is your take on that survey result did you expect something like that? I think I was definitely one of the people that gasped when the slide went up. You know, I think it certainly created a reaction in the room. I was surprised because being in the room, if you looked around, I would have said it was pretty much 50-50, you know. So I had always been proud of that, that customer success seemed to be pretty diverse, certainly on the gender side of things. So I was shocked when those numbers went up and they did make some of us kind of come together, you know, with Sue to, to discuss it. And what I realized on reflection was actually that it wasn't a customer success specific issue. I think it's disappointing that we have it given that we are a new profession and I think we probably should have done more to try and address it earlier on, but it's probably just a reflection of the situation in many, many professions. I don't think we're any worse than any, and we're certainly better than many. You know, if you think about sales, those numbers would have been considerably worse. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do something about it. You know, I think it should be a conversation that we're having. Why is that the case? I look at my own organization. We're actually, we've got many women. So our CCOs are women. People at my level, it's, you know, we have three women heading up customer success globally. At director or team manager level, again, we have a, more women than we have men. But if that's not the case outside in the, the real world, outside plural site, then I, I think it's something that it just needs to be discussed and, and try to understand the reason for it. And I think the reason for it quite often is, again, comes back to that confidence. Helping women have the confidence to go for these leadership roles, it's, it's not something they should be afraid of. But that's, I think that's work we still have to do, is really to dig in and understand why those stats were so shocking at that time. And you're already doing a big part in it. As you mentioned, you are part of the group that is now creating follow-up activities and mm. events. But also you yourself, you are a mentor. And obviously mm. that is something that can enormously help women to yeah. gain that confidence that is yeah. needed for leadership role. I wonder mm. what is the best thing that you enjoy in customer success it's maybe a bit cliched but always the people like always always I love the people I think everywhere I go for customer success I think the people are open 
I think you go into the profession because you are interested in people and business as well, which is my other passion. But I think I just love working with my team internally, our cross-functional team, but externally as well in customer success. I think it is definitely about the people. And I haven't really come across anybody in customer success where I've thought, oh my goodness, you know, I wouldn't want to work with them. It's it's just, a, I, I find a very supportive, cooperative, collaborative profession. And I, I hope that continues. What would be your message to aspiring leaders of customer success? Aspiring leaders, I say don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of uh, giving it a go. If you feel that you don't have the skills now, have conversations with people about how you can get those skills and ask for that feedback because that could be your own concern and other people are seeing you as lead, as a leader. So I think just don't be afraid to ask people for feedback. Don't be afraid to go for roles. My very first leadership role at Oracle, I actually applied thinking I wouldn't get it, which I know sounds a bit strange, but I went for it because I wanted the experience to, you know, what would this be like? That was my first leadership role ever. So I thought I'll go for it. I know I'm probably not going to get it because I felt I was more junior than other people who were going for it, but I actually ended up getting the job. And I think that's important. You know, you you also learn, and had I not got the job, I would have learned a huge amount from that process anyway. And I think there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, just, yeah, go out there and go for it would be my, my advice. Thank you. And brief snap questions for the end. Do you have any personal motto? Well, I've, it's interesting we've been talking a lot about careers and so on because I've never really had a plan. <laughs> I've never, <laughs> I've never, um, you know, and not to say that that's not the right, you know, maybe for some people that does work. It's never been my way. So I would say my personal flow, uh, motto would be just go with the flow. Look for opportunities when they come up. Be constantly, you know, keep your ears open, keep your eyes open. But yeah, just go with the flow and kind of don't overthink things. Are you following any podcasts? Not right now. I do listen to podcasts that I see on LinkedIn. I'm quite a big fan of, and I'm not sure how to pronounce her name correctly, so I apologize should this ever get to her, but Irit Isaac, uh, she's a CS, I'd call her a guru, really. I do love listening to her podcasts and webinars. I am trying to read quite a few books, as I said, so I'm kind of doing a bit more of that at the moment. One of the ones I'm about to read, I haven't started yet, is The Expansion Sale by Corporate Vision. So Tim Reisterer, again, Tim, I've heard Tim speak at a couple of customer success events and he makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I'm about to, to dig in, into his book. Great. That's You'll it. put it all in the show notes. And for yep. the end, where can listeners find you? I'm definitely on LinkedIn. Great. Thank you very much for this, Shirley. It was a pleasure. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'd like to hear your feedback and whom I should bring to the show. Get in touch on LinkedIn, Instagram and our website, womeninCSpodcast.com. Subscribe now so you don't miss out of the following episodes. Share it with your friends and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Have a great day and talk to you soon.